Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're starting our discussion on Psychodots. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First off we have Dante. Hey, how's it going? Next we have Trevor. Don't mind me, I'm just a figment. And last but not least we got the homie Greg. <laughs> so, Um... Like I said, we're playing Psychonauts this month for the month of February. It is my game, so I'm going to kick us off. Um, Psychonauts is a platform game developed by Double Fine Productions that was first released in 2005 as their debut title. Um, Double Fine is the brainchild of Tim Schafer, an ex-LucasArts developer, and uh, a few uh, additional former LucasArts colleagues of his and was founded in July 2000. The years prior, LucasArts had started shifting development away from adventure games towards more action-oriented games as part of the ongoing trend in the video game industry. Um, Schaefer, having just finished producing Grim Fandango, and he saw other people having issues in leaving LucasArts and was unsure about his own uh, position. Uh, so colleagues had approached him in January 2000 to suggest launching their own studio, which led to them co-founding Double Fine a few months later. Uh, Psychonauts itself is uh, based on an abandoned concept that Schaefer had during the full de- uh, during development of Full Throttle, which uh, he eventually expanded out. In the game, you play Raz or Rasputin, a young boy gifted with psychic abilities who runs away from the circus to try and sneak into a summer camp for those with similar powers to become a psychonaut, which is basically this world's version of a spy with psychic abilities. Uh, he finds that there is a sinister plot occur- uh, occurring in the camp that only he can stop, and the game centers around exploring the strange and imaginative minds of the various characters Raz comes across to help them overcome fears or memories of their past to gain their help and to progress in the game. Uh, the game itself was initially backed as a premier uh, original Xbox title, but due to internal and external issues, Microsoft eventually dropped publishing rights in 2004, and which made the game's future unclear. Double Fine was able to secure Majes- uh, Majesco Entertainment as a publisher a few months later, allowing them to complete the game after four and a half years of development. Uh, originally released for Windows, Xbox, and PS2, the game was well-received, but only sold about 100,000 retail units, leading to a severe financial loss for Majesco. Despite being considered a commercial failure, Psychonauts has earned a number of industry awards and gained a cult following. Double Fine eventually reacquired the rights to the game in 2011, which allowed them to update for modern platforms and offer the game through digital distribution. This also allowed the company to track their own sales and modernize, and this modernized release far exceeded the sales of the original release. So uh, altogether, there is about 1.7 million units sold as of December 2015. Uh, a sequel was also released that year at the 2015 Game Awards, and the first full trailer was revealed at the 2018 Game Awards, which was December 6th of last year. And there's currently a 2019 release date. For the sequel, uh, but the status of the series may once again be in the air because later uh, in the month of December, the publisher Starbreeze revealed that they were going through financial woes. So uh, right now, as far as I could see, that Starbreeze was the most recent publisher. They hadn't made any announcements of a different publisher, and the game is currently in alpha right now. So 
we shall see if Psychonauts 2 actually does come out this year. But let me kick it to you guys. Uh, what is your guys's uh, background with Psychonauts, if you've ever played it? And what other Double Fine games have you guys played? And I'll kick it to you first, Greg. Um, Double Fine games, let me think. Um, so I played a little bit of Brutal Legend. Um, I did play... Um, Psychonauts a little bit when it first came out, um, but just kind of, as I've always been known, just stuff kind of falls to the wayside with me. Um, I did end up picking it up on PC back in like 2014 and same deal, played it for a couple hours and just kind of fell off it. But, uh, I mean, I thought it was kind of a cool game. It was just, I don't know, man, it just never struck, like, you know, it never really clicked with me, but, um. Yeah, I'm liking it so far from the, the little bit we played. Okay, uh, what about you, Trevor? What's your background with Psychonauts and or Double Fine? Um, never played Psychonauts. I heard of it, but never it never really piqued my interest. Um, I'm looking at the Double Fine games right now, and I never realized how little of their portfolio of um, hey, don't worry, my dude. We're gonna play some Double Fine games. Um, but I think I watched you play Brutal Legend, like back when we were at UAH. Mm-hmm. Um, I played The Cave, surprisingly, another obscure kind of game. I think that's it. Like I've heard of Broken Age and um, a couple of other games in their their list, but uh, yeah, this was this is like the second game I've played. Dang! What, uh, okay, what about you, Dante? So, I just looked through a list of Double Fine games, and the only one I've played is Hack and Slash, and I did that last year, and I didn't like it, so I dropped it. Dang, man, these freaky Double Fine haters up in here, man. I, I found one game that I did play, um, Iron Brigade. There we go. Microsoft um, gave it a free at one point. I forgot I played that. My guys. Okay, well, um, Double Fine is my, that's my developer, man. So, like, uh, I had never played, (laughs) I had never played uh, Psychonauts before, but I played... Uh, Brutal Legend, I love Brutal Legend, and then that kind of started, like, I'm going to play whatever they come out with next, I like that game so much, and I, for maybe about a year and a half, two years, like, anything they put out, I played, Um, and luckily that was, like, their peak pushing out stuff, so I, I, Brutal Legend, I played Costume Quest, I played Stacking, and uh, Iron Brigade, and I loved all three, all three of them are vastly different, I mean, all five of these games are vastly different, and I loved all five of these games. And uh, then they started putting out some stuff. They put out a Sesame Street game and uh, a Happy Action Theater, which was, uh, I think both of those games were Connect-oriented, and I didn't have a Connect. And they also put out Connect Party, and I just kind of, I was getting out of school at that point, so I had to conserve money. So I kind of stopped playing things that Double Fine came out with. And, uh... I actually... I mean, this, no filter for quality. 
It's like, oh man, I miss all the Connect Mini games they put out. <laughs> to be fair, I believe Happy Action Theater is a solid game, and obviously uh, Sesame Street is not catered towards me as an audience, but I heard that game is decent. Um, but uh, I fell off playing Double Fine for a while, and I was super intrigued when they reacquired some of the old LucasArts, because like, these are former, Lu- uh, former LucasArts employees, and when LucasArts went under, some of these, they were able to uh, reacquire some of those old games that they worked on and republish them. So they came out with Grim Fandango, they came out with um, Day of the Tentacle, 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 thank you. Uh, and I believe Full Throttle, which are three old uh, uh, point-and-click or action-adventure adventure games. Uh, so uh, I got all those, and, um, I, oh, I also played Massive Chalice briefly, and, um, I was super intrigued with Headlander, and thankfully, recently, um, Steam had the Chinese New Year, uh, Steam sale, so I just bought the entire Double Fine bundle, so best believe we're gonna play some Double Fine games, my dudes, so get ready. Um, but you never played The Cave? No, that was a game that has come up a couple times in our uh, suggestions, uh, that and Cave Story, and um, I've been meaning to play it, and now I have it, but I just haven't played it, so we uh, we will probably be playing some of those games, so don't worry. So what you're saying um, is, if Starbreeze does end up publishing Psychonauts um, 2, it'd be like a match made in heaven? I mean, I don't know about Match Made in Heaven. <laughs> we love so much. Hey, man, Starbreeze can put together some good um, multiplayer. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I I guess I'm the person that has mad love for Double Fine. They're they're definitely one of my favorite developers, and so I was super looking forward to playing this game. I also just. This genre, uh, platformers, is just a genre that I grew up playing as a kid, and um, uh, I was super looking forward to that, and having heard a lot of podcasts uh, recently, they, they make mention of this game as like one of their favorite games or whatever, and it's like, I've always, it's always been a game that's intrigued me, and I'm glad that we were able to finally pick it up and play it, so... Uh, what are your guys' <laughs> initial impressions? I, I, I kind of laid out the, 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 the basic concept, which is, you know, you're getting psychic abilities. Uh, the character is at a summer camp, so it's kind of more kid-oriented. Uh, I mean, everybody around you, for the most part, is uh, your peer, uh, with the exception being some of the camp. I don't even want to say counselors, but, like, some of the people that work the camp uh, are adults and their psychonauts or you know they're professionals you they're training you to someday join their ranks um so let me let me start with you dante what are like you played this game to its completion right a couple months ago correct i played it over the holiday break and um did you play it because of the podcast or were there any draw for you to even pick it up on your own or was it Purely because of the podcast. Purely because of the podcast. Okay, uh, what what did you think about the beginning stuff? The, the 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 setup, I guess you could say, for this game. Um, 
If you remember. I can't even say I remember, to be honest, man. <laughs> oh, no worries, no worries. Uh, what about you, Trevor? Do you got anything? So, back when I was just a, a little kid. A wee lad? <laughs> I grew up playing a lot of, um, like, educational games. Like, Math Blaster and like a bunch of... I play, Math Blaster is legit. Yeah. <laughs> And when I first started playing this game, I literally thought I was going to be learning something. I mean, it, it kind of feels like one of those um, those late 90s type of educational games. Edutainment? Yeah. But I was thoroughly surprised. In a good way, right? Like, were, were you saying, like, were you rolling your eyes when you thought, I'm going to play an educational game? No, or were no, you just kind of like, man, what does this game have to offer? Like, I'm, I'm ready for this. But, um, what about it said this is an edutainment game? Okay, so like when you first uh, start up the game, the very first menu, I mean, it's a giant brain, and you're basically standing on top of it, and you can walk around it, and of course it says Psychonauts on it, it's the title menu, um, and I'm thinking it's going to pop up and say, I don't know, uh brain blaster or, or some type of <laughs> like, mini game yeah. um and i mean just the the style of it because i mean you know i know the graphics are you know this game came out in, what 2005 you said yeah 2005 and like if i mean they've been working on it since 2000 so it was like four and a half years yeah. before it actually came out older than that um and, and that's what kind of you know, made me think of like a, a '90s type platformer. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Greg? Did you? What were your initial impressions? So, I guess it's kind of hard for me to put it in perspective a little bit because, like I said, I've I've started the game twice, so I kind of know how the intro goes and like the kind of tutorial uh, areas, but. Um, you know, like, I think the game, I guess the better way for me to kind of go about it is, like, I guess kind of how I feel about it now. I mean, I think the art style, even though, obviously, the, you know, the graphics don't really hold up that well, but I think the art style is kind of cool. Um, all the characters look, like, really unique. Um, and it, it's kind of, I don't know, I get kind of like a Tim Burton-esque type of thing about the, the design of the characters, or is that just me? Same. Okay, um, so I mean, I like the art style. The, I guess the only thing, the only gripes I have about the game is kind of mechanics. Um, but I guess we'll save that for a little bit later. But uh, like my first impressions are, I'm kind of digging it early on. Okay, um, for me, I really like the opening, co- the concept of the game. You're like you're these kids. At summer camp, you know, so like that's something that I never experienced, but they put a little twist on it with the whole psychic ability element where you're like training to be this, I don't want to say like superhero, but it's almost like a superhero camp, I guess. It's kind of how I see it, where it's like everybody has this technique or like, I guess the X-Men Academy, where everybody has this ability that they can do and you're training how to learn additional abilities to become this psychonaut. And everybody is pretty pumped because, you know, everybody's young and they're full of energy and they're like, yeah, like I want to do this thing. But then there is also like kids that are like, you know, they they you could tell they kind of grew up sheltered or they're scared. There's 
bullies. There's the kids that get picked on, the nerdy kids. And, like, there's the whole, like, kind of middle school, high school element also thrown into it, which I think is really cool and interesting. And then even, like, the adult characters, the the Coach Oleander and the, um, the, the other Psychonauts each have their own, like, kind of... It's almost like a stereotype, you know, when you watch a high school movie where you have, like, the the the, the laid-back PE coach, and then you have the really cool teacher um, that everybody likes, and you have the lady teacher that's kind of, like, you know, very flirty or whatever. And so I, I kind of get that vibe from some of the characters in this game. Um, and then, for me, the graphics, like, I think this game definitely looks older, but I don't think it looks bad because it's so it's not meant to to mimic like reality it has this own unique aesthetic to it and like like you guys kind of said tim burton-esque where character proportions are really weird where you'll have characters with really really like yeah the main character has like he's almost like arnold from hey arnold where he has like a really like wide head and then there's another character that has a really wide head but then there's another kid that basically it, he doesn't have a neck. It's just like a big fat body. He looks like a freaking piece of candy corn or something like that. And then there's another kid with a super tiny neck and a small head and this huge afro. And like so, the the characters they kind of play around with like their proportions. And so because it's not supposed to look realistic or anything, even though the game looks old, I don't think it like looks bad to me. And then even the cutscenes too, like um, it does that thing. I don't even know what you call it, where you can tell you're in a cutscene where you're not supposed to do anything. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of transitions to it, like because they're videos and they look kind of compressed, so you can kind of see the artifact thing. So it's like yeah, and it's grainy too a little bit. Yeah, but like I don't know, it's kind of. I don't know if this is foresight or like maybe something they did later, but it kind of. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, uh, PB Winterbottom and, like, that game where they show, like, tutorial things and they kind of maybe look at, make it look like a old video that you're watching. And I kind of, like, get that feeling when I watch the video cutscenes in this game where I'm watching this thing happen. So I shouldn't, it's supposed to take me out of the action. And so I don't see it as a negative or anything like that. And I, I do like the graininess of it, even though I know it's like a byproduct of the air, like the time that the game was made. It, it doesn't like detract for me. Um, huh. And I mean, once you get, watch that opening cutscene and you create your quote unquote profile with your save file or everything like that, then you're kind of just left and you're, you're in the game then. And I feel like this is like the, the actual game is kind of where you see some of the aging, uh, like some of the things that the industry has evolved beyond. Um, specifically the menus, like, There's, so you're, like, just imagine, we're not playing an open world game, we're playing an action adventure, or, you know, adventure game, platformer, so you can kind of imagine, like, a Banjo-Kazooie, or, like, a Super Mario 64, or something like that, so you're running around, and there's no map uh, on your HUD, the only information that's displayed on your HUD is the powers that you have, uh, 
that you're currently using. Oh, by the way, before I get too far into it, what what is everybody playing on? So I'm playing with the PS4 controller, but I'm playing on uh, Steam. Yeah, I'm using. Uh, I'm playing on PC and using controller. PC with a controller. I played on PS4. PS4. Okay. Um. So there's no HUD beyond your. I think it shows your health how much uh, money you have and whatever abilities you're using. So to see certain things, because there's a lot of, like, collecting things in this game. You get, like, a quest that's like a scavenger hunt quest. You have, like, your mission objectives. To see all that stuff, you have to pause the game and go into the menus. And there's, like, six menus that you toggle across. And so a lot of times it's... um, pausing the game, getting out of the action, scrolling over to whatever screen you need, and then viewing all the information and taking it in that way, whether it's looking at the map, saving the game, seeing how much of whatever you have, uh, whatever item, whatever the next mission is, anything like that. Um, Even um, switching your uh, abilities or your item that you're holding, you have to like hit left or right on the D-pad and that pulls up a different menu that also pauses the game. And like, there's just a lot of menus in this game and I feel like that is something that maybe we <laughs> we take for granted nowadays. It's something that the industry has evolved beyond. So I, m- navigating the menus is, it's it, it hurts me every time. It's not too much different from like Assassin's Creed, because I think Assassin's Creed has the same level of menus where once you hit start, you know, you have to scroll from the map to your items to quest. And so it's. Well, see, the thing about that, though, is Assassin's Creed actually has enough stuff to justify having all of those layers of menu, where this is just like, I need to hit L2 to get to this piece of bacon to summon this dude. I hope I didn't get too far ahead with the bacon thing. <laughs> no, not really. But I, but yeah, like w- w- I hundred percent agree with Dante. Where it's like, like I mean, even in Assassin's Creed, don't they have like a mini map at the very least in the HUD? Yeah. Yep. And like that is something that you don't have in this game. I don't necessarily know if a mini map would help, but like being able to see like what your current mission is and. Uh, it's really weird because, like, you can see what your they 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 have this ranking system where you rank your PSI up, your psychic basically uh, level or whatever, and you collect this. You collect something, or there's a, a couple of different things that you can collect that go towards that unit. So let's say, for example, it's coins or something. So once you get 100 coins or, or whatever, then you go up the next rank and you start over. And so, like, at every... I think in the beginning, it's every 10 levels, you get a new ability, and then later on it becomes every 5 or something like that. And, like, once you hit that level, you just have this permanent, like logo or symbol of the guy that you go to level up on your screen it just doesn't go away and it's like who who decided this it's it's off to the side but it's still big enough where it's like okay i get it like i need to go to this dude but it just stays there until you go to him and 
I, I don't know. It, it, something about the menus is just really off-putting for me. It's like one of my least favorite things about this game is having to toggle through the menus to see what I've collected or seeing what the current quest is or see where I need to go on the map. or like I don't mind having to go into the menu to even save the game, but like something like I had to change like the subtitles and I had to change uh, the, the game from being uh, inverted. The the, the the camera and I had to go through it was like pause, options control and it was like four different sub menus to get to the section to turn on the subtitles four different sections to get to the sub menu to turn off the inverted or whatever and it just seems very clunky nowadays and I, I couldn't even, I don't know, it's just very frustrating for me <laughs> it's, it's definitely a product of its time I think as far as that, I mean well a lot of things in the game, in the game are but for sure, yeah. Because I'm trying to think, like, there's really not, like, I'm not, there's really not that much different, like, this game isn't that much older to me in my head to, like, some of the, or that much removed from the, like, Banjo-Tooie or something like that. But, like, Banjo-Tooie, the way they had you do, I mean, the way you did the moves was unique, so you never had to equip things. But I just don't remember having to go into the menu a lot in Banjo-Tooie. And this game, I feel like I'm constantly in the menu to check something or see where I need to go next or see where my next mission is. I guess in that sense, like something like that, the scope of the game is a little bit different. So I don't know if it's like a fair comparison, but I, mean, I guess I kind of get what you're saying about that, though. It's definitely not like a one to one comparison, but I, I don't really. I'm trying to think of other platform, like 3D platformers. Like you know, the closest you would get would be like something like Jack or or uh, like a Ratchet and Clank, right? You know, that would be that. Yeah, sure. And I I never yeah. played those games, but like, how would that compare to this? You definitely did um, some menu stuff in like uh, like in the first Jack and Dexter, and um, for sure in. Uh, the first Ratchet and Clank as well, just mostly because you're trying to check like collectibles, and and I don't think there was ever like a map. In... See, I'm gonna come to Ratchet and Clank's defense here, and I don't know if they invented it, but they came out with the I don't know what you'd call is it the Omni Wheel or the Octa Wheel, where yeah. essentially you hold a button and then you have eight options to quick select yeah. your weapons and stuff, versus here where you have to. How many can you have at once? Two? You can have three items, three items and one ability or whatever. But I mean, like, I'm I'm not to say that this is the same genre, but like, freaking Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City were out like three, three and four years before this game. And like, you could just toggle through stuff and there's a mini map, you know? So there's like certain things that they could have aped from other genres to make, and I'm not saying it's an open world game, but like there are certain things that they could have aped from other games in order to make this a little bit even like, like this game probably was seemed old then, even made, I don't know because I mean it was in development for like five years, four four and a half years. I'm trying to think if I remember anything from Beyond Good and Evil because I, I I don't even feel like I was in the menus that often in Beyond Good and Evil as I am in this game. It was more and that... contextual if I remember. Yeah. As far as like, hey, you're with Paige, so you have this special ability with him. Yeah. 
it didn't really have any equipable stuff from what I remember. Sure, but there was definitely like missions and on a map that you had to follow though. Oh yeah, I'm not arguing that like there's a lot of things this game could have used. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Um the one thing I will say and I do appreciate this, I am a I'm not really a fan of backtracking in platformers, which is a very ridiculous thing to say because <clears throat> that is something that, I mean, once you get, like, a, a better ability, then in theory, you... I mean, you get that ability in a level, then you can take that ability and use it in previous things to access different spots or whatever. Don't you and, really like Banjo-Kazooie? <laughs> and don't you really like all of Rare games? Um, like I, Donkey Kong 64? Well, I like rare games. Are you Alexandria um, Ocasio Cortez? What are you trying to say? GoldenEye is not my favorite Nintendo 64 game, and that is not the best console of all time. I'm just checking. No, I, I, I so it's hypocritical because I do like Banjo Kazooie. I don't like Banjo Tooie. Uh, Donkey Kong 64 is okay, um, but. For the most part, I don't like collectathon games. Banjo Banjo Tooie is probably the worst collectathon game I've ever played. I think Donkey Kong sixty four might be like two two two. It's probably one B to Banjo Tooie's one A. I don't. And, that's no. I can't let you. I can't let you get away with that. Donkey Kong sixty four has you literally transition between like five, six characters. Five characters. To get stuff. That's unacceptable dude like you literally have to go out of the stage come back with a different character you have to retread the same ground five times to get stuff and it's banjo kazooie if you have the stuff you can get the stuff did you how, how recently did you play banjo kazooie in the past six months okay and 64 and talking about 64 it's been a couple years for that one Okay, I I'm played Tui more recently, but it's probably been in the past like four years, and now actually I take that back. Probably in the past six years, and sixty four DK sixty four even longer than that. But I just remember being super fed up with Banjo Tui after a while because so, I I don't know like I think the the difference for me is like. I don't mind the levels in Donkey Kong sixty four as much as I hated the levels in. Banjo Tooie, so it was a pain to go back to a level because I had this one ability that I got like two levels later, and then like it, it's just super frustrating because I was like super fed up with some of those levels, and I knew I, I'd have to go back to those levels in an hour or two hours to like go back through them with at least with Donkey Kong. Like I didn't have any issue with the levels, so going back wasn't that big of a deal. But I do think those two games are the most egregious examples. This game, on the other hand, to bring things back on track, uh, you once you get, I think it's even just the Levathon or uh, Levathon uh, Levitate, the Levitate ability. You can pretty much get anything in the open world section. So I kind of went through and was able to collect damn near everything. Uh, after, you know, three hours. So, like, I'm 100% caught up and have collected all the things I need to get at this point. Uh, so, I like I like that you can kind of choose to do that if you want, but it's not, like, a, a super huge chore if you do want to do it. It's not a huge ask. 
So I appreciate that. And I think it's really fun to move around in this in this world on that ball, on the levitating ball or whatever. I don't know how you guys feel, but it's just super fun to move around in this world. And I, I do, I love the, the fast travel in this game. Um, I'm super surprised there is fast travel in this game personally, but I am here for it. No, yeah, there, there'd have to, I mean, there had to be, cause like, I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't really enjoy the platforming and just navigating around in the game like that, but, um, it could just be me. It feels really good to me in a, like, nostalgia way, where it's like, man, I'm playing one of these games that I don't play that often anymore, so this is kind of taking me back, and it feels really good. I definitely, it doesn't feel good as far as, like, 2019 standards, but it just feels really good to be like, I'm playing an old game that I would really love, but I'm not, like, it's it's new to me. It's Maybe foreign it's to I- me. Maybe it's because I played a lot of games of that era, but this didn't seem good for, like, 99 standards. They're, so, they're like... Oh, go ahead. Like, I... Objection. I, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> particularly care for the level design, like, in the open world area. And I appreciate... The platforming the, doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the fact that they, you know, made the terrain where it's not, like, completely flat. You know, it has character. But I think... It, it ruins kind of the visibility of it. Like, you can't really see, like, wow, this, you know, this map looks really good, or, you know, I like the way this, you know, everything, you know, comes together. You can't really see a lot because of how the terrain is set up. And oftentimes, a lot of, there are a lot of obstacles, like objects in your way, um, that keep you from, like, fluidly moving. And, like, I understand what you're saying about the um, the levitating ball, but it doesn't roll uphill very well. That's the only thing. You can bounce, though. <laughs> um, I don't know. I Yeah, I just didn't care for the level design. Because another thing was it was hard to navigate with it, too. Like, trying to memorize which direction was where. Like, I agree with you. Like, I'm really glad they added fast travel because if they didn't, I would have a tough time trying to use the little um, the little uh, wayfinding markers um, to find the next area where I was trying to go. Yeah, okay. like, like so the first tutorial, I guess, is one of the first tutorial missions. When you go in Coach Oleander's uh, mind, like that section just doesn't feel good as far as the platforming, the jumping, just. Nothing about it feels very tight, and, and I mean, I, I might be, I'm, I'm probably being harsh on this, more harsh than it really deserves, but you know, it just. I think so. No, um, none of the platforming. Fe- <laughs> the platforming feels like trash in this game. It feels it, so bad. It feels the double jump terrible. It's, the double like, jump is unacceptable. And it's are you serious? No it. It's, yes, it, it's not that. I love the double jump. It's not that bad in like the the mine worlds that you go into, but like you really notice it in the open world areas because that's the part where you're literally trying to find collectibles and stuff, and so you're having trouble getting up to certain ledges and and timing certain jumps and and swinging like before you get the levitating ability, and so that that's where you really notice it. Yeah, it just like, there's no weight to it. 
Yeah, and even with the double jump, like, a small gripe I have is the angle that the camera's at. Sometimes it's hard to tell if you're even about to clear uh, the, you know, the ledge you need to get to or if you're going to overshoot it. Um, so I've had a few times where, like, it's it's kind of hard for me to, like, get that spatial recognition, I guess. Okay, that I agree with. I feel like sometimes the camera angle is a little bit wonky and it's just kind of hard to tell, like, if you are going to clear a jump. But I don't know about that other stuff, my guys. What do you say? Better or worse than Ninja Gaiden? I like the camera better in this game than Ninja Gaiden. But like, if the camera thing is a it's a, a user thing. Well, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I like the camera better in this game for sure. Um, I. I think the thing that you guys are saying when you're saying it doesn't have any weight or whatever, I think it's like it's not pre- precise. Like, you can't sh- quick hop or short hop or, like, the, it. it's not responsive the way you want it to be in a platformer. But I actually... really a lot of platforming as of... Oh, well, I mean, I guess there is, but, I like... It's not precise. You don't need to be... It's not like... I'm trying to think, like... You do jump, but it's not like it's not a Mario or like a banjo where this is you know keys to like navigating through everything. It's like yes, you do have to jump and you have to do it, but that's not the only things that you're doing to like you know go, get through a stage, right? Yeah, you know? but Definitely. It's, still, it's like the main thing because like there's not that much combat in this game. Yeah, like the the combat is very sparse, and the combat is. It's whatever. Like, that's another thing where I feel like the combat is just kind of just bleh. Um, I I enjoy the moving around and the, the, the quote-unquote platforming or the adventuring or whatever you want to call it. It's the combat that I'm not really a fan of. And uh, going back to that first that training mission, the I don't like the, the, what do you call them, the figments or whatever? Oh, yeah. How they're just like the collectible things are these flat, like crayon drawings that you have to pick up, and I wish they did something to make them stand out a little bit more because they're so flat in the world, which I know is like an aesthetic choice, but it makes it so hard to see some things, or especially the ones that move throughout the level. Um, it just makes it really, really difficult to have them stand out to even notice them until like either you're right up on them or you like just view the stage from a different angle. And I don't think it's like purposeful. I think like maybe in 2000, I don't even know if maybe in 2005 they stood out, but like it just, it it's, it's a bad like thing to see in 2019. It's weird. And, and, oh, okay. It's weird because sometimes you'll get to a point where like there's a big clump of them. And for them to be collectibles, there it doesn't seem like they... They're not rare, <laughs> it doesn't seem. It's like you'll play a level and there's like, if you check if you check the map, and this is like another thing that I like, because if you are obsessive and collect things all the time like me, you can pause the game and see how many there are in whatever world or whatever section of the over open world you're in, or the overworld. So you can pause the game and see like, oh, there's 22 in this part or there's 74 in this part so like i don't really think it really matters like what level you get 
two at the end of this game or whatever PSI rank you are, but it it does feel like I'm like I don't know. It, it does feel good to collect all the things still after all these years of having not played this type of game. It still for me it feels really good to collect everything. I, I really could care less about the collectibles, and not because I'm that's not what I I normally you know I normally don't go for those things, but I just feel like in this game. There's not a very big incentive other than, like, your PSI rank for the Figment stuff. But, like, outside of that, and, and the Arrowheads, obviously, because that's currency. But, um, you know, like, outside of that, are, is there any reason to get the emotional baggage or, like, other than just, like, checking things off, you know? Don't get me wrong, I 1,000% agree with you, but it's just like a personal thing that feels good to me. It's kind of like in Beyond Good and Evil, when me and Trevor were checking with each other to see, did you get all the crystals or whatever? There was like really no main reason to do it, it just felt good, <laughs> and that's how it is for me. I don't I don't know if you feel that way in this game, Trevor. Um, sometimes I'm overwhelmed by everything. Because, uh-huh. Especially with like the PSI cores, it's like you have to collect the. What are the first things that you get? Like the 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 nine cards yeah, in order to in a core to level up to the next rank. Yeah, and so that that's kind of off putting because I'd rather just be like, hey, why don't you just put these cores out in the world and let me find them? Sure. Um. And I don't know. It just seems like because I thought at first I thought the arrowheads were collectibles too. Because I was literally going around picking up every single one of them, and then at some point I would end up backtracking and realize, oh, I left one over here. I left one over and here. And you too. see all of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, did they respawn? Um, so it was that was like I, I don't know if y'all remember in the in our group chat when I said this game was messy. Like that was one of the things um, that I was referring to, was simply because is. It gives me anxiety in games where it's hard to keep track of what all you're looking for. Sure. My my another qualm I have with the game is that you're a psychic or whatever, so like I understand that those things shouldn't be easy that you can just walk over them or whatever. But like if you could just like quickly pick up things like a little bit better with your mind or have it bring brought to you. And I know there's an item for it, but it doesn't make any sense to me why he couldn't just pull things to himself from the jump. Why he has to buy this item in order to have a magnet that brings things into him. Especially those uh, where you have to like walk over their location and then hit the whatever button to take it out of the ground and collect it. It's just like, I don't know, maybe it would have been, I don't know, oh, like, after, yeah, yeah, well, like, the big arrowheads, like, you have to have that special item out, Yeah. and, like, that's a pain to do that, and there's, like, a key gameplay thing where you have to get the cobweb duster or whatever, so you need to use this item that finds, like, these huge deposits of the, the currency in the game. And then it's basically you run around with this thing and there's like, it's almost like a metal detector where there's like a beeping sound and the more rapid it gets, the more uh, closer you are are to to the source of whatever this thing is. And then you just start rapidly hitting whatever button to like draw it out of the ground and it just gave me vibe like it reminded me of pokemon stadium the the pikachu voltorb one (laughs) and i was just like man like 
I can't believe there's still like one of the like the mashing button mini game in this game, and I'm like, ugh, this game. How old is <laughs> like it? Just like, ugh, how old is this? <laughs> Why do they do this? One thing I do appreciate about some of the collectibles is the naming, like the figments, basically figments of your imagination, and then the emotional baggage. I love how you had to explain that. <laughs> I, I, Why I, you hate, I, man? I care, I care about some I'm, people out never there. Mind. Uh, I feel like you have no no good things about this game that you that you like, Dante. Is is that fair assessment? Yes. Dang. I. So what I'm do you think? You guys roll with it. <laughs> what do you think about? Okay, so we talked about the the in the world stuff. The combats can like. You guys, don't, I mean, the combat's whatever, right? Kind of. Actually, I think the combat kind of sucks. It does suck. Yeah, it's okay. not great. That was the deal breaker for me. The deal breaker. Yeah. Like, if the combat was like better, like or... that was the that was the point in the game where I almost stopped playing. I think it was the Jeez. first boss. What's the I... first boss? Um, the um, that giant bulbous guy um, that's chasing oh the 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 sensor the sensor yeah, yeah that 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 kind of sucked that kind of sucked especially as a first but class too I think like okay I don't like the first two bosses I think they're two of my least favorite parts of the game however I really, really, really appreciate the how varied these bosses are, and like I think they're creative. So it's like I'm <laughs> I'm giving them props for like having these super out of the box like variations and fights, like especially the fish boss. The fish boss is my favorite part in this game, and it's it's really weird because I cannot stand the fact that they had a fixed camera angle and you're platforming, and I don't necessarily care for it, but I really like that entire sequence, though, overall. It was like my favorite sequence in the entire game. Yeah, I kind of felt like the boss battles in this game are, I mean, are probably one of the more well-done aspects of it. Really? I think so. I couldn't... I did not like that tank boss at all. Uh, I didn't mind it. I, I, mean, I didn't I, like... Go ahead. No, nah, I mean, like, I could see how it might be a little annoying. Um, but it, it didn't feel... okay. So that might be, like, the low point of, one like, the boss fights in the game. But, like, I feel like the fish boss and then the one right after that are really good. The superhero? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that one too. I yeah. And I the thing I like about it is this like you have these abilities and they do a good job of having a unique fight that forces you to use the newest ability or the most recent two abilities that you gained in order to fight the boss. And like I I do I really do like that um uh it, it it's 
I, I don't necessarily, like I said, I don't really care for the first two bosses, the, the, the giant sensor and the tank boss. Mostly with the tank boss, I don't like it. gave me Ninja Gaiden vibes where the camera is just locked on the tank and you couldn't turn it to free roam to kind of reposition yourself. You always, the, the, the camera was always locked behind you with the tank in the foreground, or excuse me, the background. And I wish I could like once I got hit or confused or whatever, I wish I could just focus on running away and hiding behind something. And I don't know. I, I didn't really like that, that part, but the, the fish boss was, I love the fish boss. Do you remember any of these bosses, Dante? I do. Did any of them stand out good or bad? I remember having to use a guide at one point on the fish boss. Really? Yeah, I. You get to the end of that fight, and oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what exactly the game expected me to do, but I just I had to use a guide on that part too, and it was there's a funky so like that fish. The reason I like the there fish boss clams weren't there. Yeah, or something yeah like the, there are okay. clams. So like the first part of the fish boss, you're fighting this giant lungfish, and he blows up this big air bubble that you're in because you're fighting him in the bottom of this lake, and you're in this air bubble. And when he's on the outside of this air bubble, sucking in the air, making the bubble smaller so he can suck you in, and you're supposed to hit these items that explode that he sucks in and, and their nails, and it hurts him, right? And then after a while, he's like, well, F you, I'm going to move this bubble. So he starts pushing the bubble, and then from then on, it becomes a, like a, uh, you're in this bubble, and you're platforming. You have to, he's pushing the bubble through the the base of this, this lake. And there's, you know, all these obstacles and stuff you have to avoid, and um, enemies and things like that. And so you're running from him, then he stops, and you fight that sequence again, then he's, then it happens again. Then in the third sequence, he hops in the bubble, and he has the, um, like, the little lantern tentacle on the end of his forehead or whatever, and he starts whipping it at you, and there's these clams on the ground, and if he whips it and it gets caught by the clam, then you can run up on him and swing and do some damage on him, but I... There's something... Isn't it really hard to actually do that? It's really hard to, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to get him to get his tentacles stuck, and then on top of that too, there's this weird, like... I don't know if it was what was going on, but the the game, the light would come on, then it would go off, then it would come on, then it would go off. And I wasn't sure if, like, the clam would only clamp on him if the light is on or not, and I didn't know what the game was trying to tell me. So I kind of felt like I kind of stumbled my way into beating him at the end, because I wasn't sure, like, I exactly knew what that meant, but I somehow was still able to beat him. Um... But I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed that fight overall. And the the other thing that I wanted to bring up that I think is really cool is the way the perspective switches in this game. So, like, I didn't necessarily like the censure or censor boss, but how you're fighting on a giant cube and, like, the, the, the perspective is changing as you're running from one side of the cube to another and then the whole level is moving with you. There's another sequence where you are um, running through this, I think they call it like a log or something, and it's just like barbed wire, and it's very specific platform or route that you have to take, and the whole level is 
rotating and you have to run across it and like you have to time how you're doing things and I don't know there's something about how they have all these really weird perspective like spear things and curve things that you're running over and like it's super cool to me and very visually pleasing and you know I don't did you did you notice any of that or did any of that do anything for you guys what I will say about the bosses is I think the concepts for all of them were cool, but the actual mechanics that back the backbone of this game are so bad, in my opinion. Like, I just could not get into any aspect of this game. Sure. Did you guys like any of the, like, this perspective stuff I was talking about? Or uh, I thought it was interesting. Like, the part where you're in, like, a, a big air bubble in the water and you're trying to, you know, platform. Mm-hmm. I think that that was really interesting gameplay. Now the platforming in it, uh, I did die a couple times. Um, Died or just got knocked out of the bubble? Um, I think I got knocked out of the bubble. Like I got, there was one where you have to, um, you have the, the, the option to, to like jump over like a gap and I think I was I wasn't expecting the gap so I ran right in it and so the boat uh, caught okay. up with me um I don't know I, I, the camera angles could have been a lot better um but the the boss level is is really what um ruined that gameplay for me like gotcha cuz like Dante I had to look up a guide and it was specifically for those clams because he did get his tentacle caught or his eyeball, whatever it was, caught in one of those clams. And after that, I couldn't figure out how to do it again. And, like, mm-hmm. I was literally standing right behind the clam, and he would still end up hitting me, and I couldn't figure out how to get him stuck. And eventually, I just looked up a guide. And and, and I feel a little bad, because I often complain about, like, games being too handholdy about how to do stuff or oh there's a very clear like red glowing spot on the boss or whatever but this game it just this wasn't the right way either i don't think they communicated what they were trying to in any effective manner gotcha gotcha what about you greg um because you'd like this fight right yeah i mean so I didn't really have any big issues with it. The uh, the only thing, I guess the perspective didn't really mess me up, but I guess the only thing that I kind of agree with you guys on was the second phase of that where you had to get his, um, that's not tentacle, I guess, but whatever you want to call it, um, you had to get the clams to bite that. That wasn't very intuitive. Um and that's like the the only thing, but it, like I, so I died there one time before I ac- I just kind of accidentally stumbled upon. That's how you're supposed to uh, damage him. But outside of that, I mean, I like the fight. So, mm-hmm. gotcha. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, what do you guys think about how the do? You, is there any levels that stick out, good or bad, for you guys uh, that we've played so far? What levels have we played so far? So off the top, we played the Coach Oleander's like training level. We did the um, 
Sasha Nine's shooting gallery thing. We did, um, we're in Raz's. We keep going in and out of Raz's, uh, mind. Um, we did the, the teach. what's the other, the other psychonaut? The, the woman psychonaut? I forget her name now, but I really like... The uh, party one, the one, one where you learn yeah. levitate. Yeah. You, I really like that one as well. Um, that one also had really good, uh, music. And um, then we also did the lungfish boss. And then I, I don't know if Trevor went beyond the lungfish, but I, it sounds like me and Greg did, where we played the one where you are the big creature in the world, in the lungfish mine. Yep. Did you do that I one, I like Trevor? that stage as well. Yeah, I just watched the cutscene after the lungfish. Okay, yeah. I, I really like that stage as well. It, it had a, a, a lot of Rampage vibes for me. <laughs> and I, like... I, like, I think the Coach Oleander's level, I didn't really care for, but I liked all the other levels. Especially yeah, think... especially the the female Psychonauts level and the Lungfish, the, the Lungfish level. Yeah, I think Coach Oleander's probably like, and, and I guess maybe, it's maybe not supposed to be the most engaging, you know, thing, because it's kind of like a tutorialization, but like, uh, that's definitely probably one of the weakest, um, you know, areas that we've, I think that we've been in so far. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I mean, I don't really like Sasha nines. His is the one where you're like fighting on the cube and like the different yeah. obstacle courses hop up. But I, I, I thought that was a much better, like, not that like, it's really weird to say this, but it's like, it was a good combination of combat and, platforming though depending on how you feel about those two things would greatly change how you feel about the level where for me i'm like combat's whatever but i do like the platforming so i don't have a problem with those levels but i know like for dante and probably for trevor if they're not really here for combat and definitely not here for uh, the platforming then they probably don't have as good of a impression on that level as i do i'm here for the platforming it is just not it's it's not as fine tuned as I hoped it would be. Then you're sure. not here for it. <laughs> no, like I'm I'm here for it, which is why I'm still playing the game. Like if the game just had flat out terrible platforming, I probably wouldn't be playing it because I hate. Well, wait until next week's episode. <laughs> I, I hate playing games where it oh, feels boy. like I'm literally like moving around with sandbags or something on my feet, like where it just feels like I don't have any mobility at all. Like, this game hasn't gotten to that point yet, so I'm still playing it. Gotcha. And I'm guessing you don't like no level stands out for you, Dante? Mm. The disco area was kind of Yeah. Yeah. The one where you learn levitate. Yeah. I think the one where you get the ball, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Did you not like the uh, lungfish level? I just remember the lungfish boss. I don't remember too much. What, the lungfish it. level where you're giant and you're in the city? Is that the one where... Um... The tanks are shooting at yeah, you in the battleships? Okay, tank... No. Really? Mm-mm. That didn't okay. feel good at all. The one thing I will say I, did, I didn't like about it is you couldn't use levitate, so you couldn't get around quickly. <laughs> did you like that, so... Greg? <laughs> Oh, what was that? I'm sorry. Not being able to use the the levitate to get around quickly on that level. Oh yeah, 
That kind of sucks. Bit of a pain. So are we just but, gonna leave like characters and dialogue and all that stuff for next week? No, we can talk about it too. I was just curious because I felt like that was like if you talk to anybody about Psychonauts, they're gonna mention like the writing and all of that jazz. So okay, let's talk about it. How, how do you how do you guys feel about the writing? I'll start oh. with you. I'll start with you, Dante. <laughs> so. Not to be too proud of my own comparison, but I really do feel like this is, like, Captain Underpants the game. Where it's a lot of that, like, oh, well, we're in this situation and, uh, booger, 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 snot type of writing. That's the best I can do for <laughs> Like, I just don't like how it's written at all. It's very, like, kinder, not kindergarten, but, like, elementary school type of humor and I don't think it's a good version of that at all. Do you feel like they turned it on too much? Like they were like, this is the age group so these kids need to be this mature and they just went overboard? No, I think they did it intentionally because there's a lot of people that really like this game (laughs) and I think it just doesn't connect with me in a certain way like some books don't from that era. And of that ilk. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I like it so far. Um, I can kind of get the criticism behind it. Um, but I haven't found it to be that egregious yet. Um, but I do, I do think that, I mean, it's not like, you know, like super funny, but I do find it kind of charming, I guess. Okay. Okay. What about you, Trevor? I don't know if it was intentional. It seems like it. But it it, it seems like they managed to find every single stereotype of an annoying kid and put them in this game. Yeah, I can see that. And Good way? Bad way? Both? It, it's kind of annoying. Like, but, I, I'm, like... I don't see it the same way as Dante, but... It's it's not as much of a deterrent or like I don't know down yeah, like every now and then I'll find myself skipping over the dialogue because it's just kind of like once you get a feel for the person's demeanor you know exactly what they're gonna say sure and, sure and so it's, yeah it's is that something you would do in nor- in normal games I guess you could say or like other games skip over the dialogue yeah. Um, be honest like because i think that's i think that's very telling like you're trying to be nice but if you're saying like i skip over the dialogue then that means to me that like you're not here for, which is fine but the i just character fits like a very specific trope or a stereotypical then i probably will skip over it like especially if uh which, which, which character doesn't you, i'm gonna say which characters do you skip over then oh, um like all the kids like it, unless they're giving me um like quest details or something the girl um Lilia or Lily that ask you for a um a, a um arrowhead no the one that looks kind of like the same race or whatever as the Rice. girlfriend character the one where she asks you for a kiss or something yeah um, yeah um, no, I didn't skip over that. That was how I heard about the kiss. I'm just like, wait a minute, why is everybody kissing in this game? Gotcha. Um, but the bully? 
I, with the fro? I, I skipped over a little bit of his dialogue. Simply because, like, especially that part where he's blocking your path on the on the docks. And it's just kind of, I don't know how this is going to go. This is a video game. Yeah, yeah. On your way. He's not going to let you pass. Um, but, yeah, if it's... Scaredy Cat Egg Kid? The blue kid with the tinfoil hat with uh, the no I, neck? I listened to his dialogue because I knew he was an integral part of, like, the, the, um, the brain tumbler experiment. Sure. So that was the only reason why I figured it was some kind of clue as to what was going gotcha. on. Because at that part, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is is the overarching goal of this game. Like I know the actual plot. Yeah, I know he wants to be a psychonaut, so he's doing all this training and everything. But and and eventually it does tell you. Um, but yeah, at that point, I was just trying to figure out what the the plot of the game was. Any of the adults? Yeah, I listen to all of theirs. Okay. All right. Well, I know for me, I I kind of feel like I'm kind of split in the middle as well. Um, I don't think the game is... I do think it is a little bit charming. Um, I don't skip over dialogue or anything like that. I do agree with Dante. There is some very... I think Captain Underpants is probably, like, a really good comparison as far as, like, the writing style for some of the characters or some of the content that the characters are talking about, I guess you could say. But I don't dislike the game because of that. Um, I think some of the... I agree with Trevor, too, about how some of the characters fit into these tropes or, like, the most annoying kids. Those those two twins, the, the Punch, Punch, Punch kids were so annoying, but I, I think so, like, the thing that I really like about the game, or I think is, maybe Dante didn't, it didn't matter to Dante that this happened, but so, like, you're in somebody's brain, and these are these kids that are like, punch, 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 and they just keep repeating it, keep repeating it, keep repeating it, and they're cheering you on, but they're so annoying, and after you complete it, there, the, I guess the, the mind says, like, or the person that's in running this obstacle course says, this, what, uh, so here's your reward, and then those two kids disappear. And, like, it's super subtle to me. I think they, I think, like, it's super subtle, but I think it's kind of like a nod. Like, we know this was really annoying, and we did this because we had this little gag. And maybe the gag isn't, like, super, like, funny or anything like that, but I do think it was slick, and I do appreciate it for that. Um, but every time those kids pop up, I'm, like, rolling my eyes. But the game always does something to kind of address how annoying those two kids are in particular. And I really like that. The the no-net kid, the, the egg-shaped kid Dante was talking about, I don't... I, I can't stand him, but like Trevor said, he is an integral part of the game. Um, so I want to skip his dialogue, but I don't. But he's, like, the super nerdy, like kid that's always getting picked on but you know you're you're nice to him so he's kind of your friend like the the neville longbottom or like the i guess like the chucky the the the, the spastic kind of nerdy kid that you're friends with so that's the kind of the trope that he fits in but um he he's pretty annoying but i think some of the dialogue in this game is a little too like they 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 took it a little too far in the these are kids and this is what they talk about but at the same time like this is i, I don't know like this is their first game 
technically, you know, with double fine. So it's just kind of like, uh, you missed the mark here, but I see what you got, you were going for. It's not my cup of tea, but I don't think it's awful. Um, the voice acting, I think is pretty good. I think even like the kids, they are annoying when they need to be annoying. The adults like sound how, like they sound unique and cool. Uh, I think everybody does their part as far as representing the character that they need to represent and how they deliver the dialogue in the game. So I think for the most part, they they did exactly what they set out to do. It's just in some cases, just the 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 kids just can get really annoying. But hey, like that's that's kids. Sometimes they can get really really freaking annoying. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it's just kids. Like... Yeah. Yeah, I actually have in my notes, too. Sometimes the writing is witty, but usually it is corny AF. (laughs) And I think that is very, like, accurate. It's like, you know, a lot of times I'm just rolling my eyes. or just, you know, like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is is grating. But then there's a couple times where I'm like, I'm not necessarily chuckling to myself, but I'm like, I see what you guys did there. Like, oh, that was clever or whatever. And I, having played some of their other games, like... I do feel like that is something that that is a muscle that you have to exercise and you have to train. And I do feel like later games, they do that much. That that skill is developed and it's more established in their other games. So, like, I see what they're going for here. And like I said, a lot of times it misses the mark, but I know what, like, some of their future stuff is. So it's kind of like, well, you got to crawl before you walk. So I'm not upset about it. And I will go out of my way and say that, like, I have a very low tolerance for that. I guess. So. Yep. <laughs> I will agree with him. <laughs> he does. Um, anything else that you feel like we need to touch on? I kind of feel like that's pretty much it for the first part of this, unless anybody's got, like, big gripes or anything else. Did we go over all of the abilities you get? Just No, like, I mean, you get a, a fireball, you get the levitate, you get telekinesis, which you can pull things closer to you. Um, levitate also, like, allows you to move, like, you create a ball, and you're rolling on the ball, so you can move quicker. But then also when you're falling, you can put have the ball in your hand, and you float, and you can kind of slowly fall. Um, what else do they have? They have pyro... Techniques, which is basically like you can uh, tor- put something or I- I- ignite something on in flames, uh, and I feel like there's one. Oh, there's a is there one other thing. Shield, which Trevor you don't have yet, but it's you're you're about to get it, which is basically you create a shield around you so you, it blocks uh, projectile attacks and sometimes it reflects things as well. So I feel like. Is that it, Greg? Um, Am I missing anything? Of which, um, I like the idea that they give you like merit badges in order to utilize these abilities. Oh um, yeah, yeah. The weird thing that I ran into was I guess I didn't go into the um, like that underground lab soon enough mm-hmm. because I went there maybe after I had gotten the levitation ability. And so the guy just kept giving me merit badges and was just like, here's your ability, here's your ability, here's your ability. You know, I think that happened to me too. So I guess you're supposed to just kind of periodically. 
change the sequencing of things. Yeah, like I, I do feel like a lot of the upgrades you you eventually get don't really do too much. Like they're not really like that game changing. But I definitely think in the beginning, like it's it's more useful to have them than not. Yeah, I wish I would have gotten like some practice in with them, like on bosses. But I've only ended up using like two different abilities so far. Yeah, they're kind of inconsequential in some ways, where you can fandangle your way around without using everything. It's pretty grim. I see what you did there. Bars. Uh, (laughs) I hate that I see what you guys thought I did, but anyway. (laughs) Alright, well, do you got anything else, Trevor? No, I think that's for me. Do you want a question? Sure. Um, if you had a psychic ability, what would it be? I think the obvious answer would be like telekinesis, right? What telekinesis? That's like reading other people's. What, what is that? Reading people's minds? Yeah. Okay. I thought you'd be Doctor X or not Doctor X, Professor X. Wait, I thought telekinesis <laughs> was moving objects with your mind. And oh, my bad. Then. Was, um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah, I got it mixed up. All right. So you say telekinesis, moving things with your mind? Yeah, now that I think about it. Well, actually, no, that might be more useful, actually. You could just open your refrigerator from remote and just make a sandwich and then have the sandwich come to you. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Like... Is that cheating? Shouldn't you only be able to do stuff that you can visually see? Mm. No. You, you might be right. Could you telekinesis your body? <laughs> what if you just had a webcam set up next to your fridge? There you go. <laughs> wow. Hey, webcams all over your house. What you got going on? <laughs> hey, man. Also, I got like five Google Home minis, so like at this point, I mean, I'm, you know, yeah. we're <laughs> too far from it. <laughs> <laughs> computers like to be able to traverse the digital landscape with my mind Uh oh he's trying to get the porn hub (laughs) (laughs) i see you okay part of the internet i think it's hard to miss i think i would do mind control i think that's what i would do that's a psychic power right yeah (laughs) that's pretty deep um give me all your money i insist (laughs) (laughs) Man, now I gotta do something different than all of you. Um, how about? I was about to say levitation, but that's kind of lame. Levitate, 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 levitate. (laughs) (laughs) What if I was able to put psychic energy around my body and use it for levitate and other stuff, like being able to pick up stuff and. Sure. Yeah, there we go. I'm trying to think, isn't that, um... I'm trying to think, is there a superhero that could do something like that? I feel like there is. Like, um... Um... What's her name? Um... Elastic Girl could, um, create force fields. 
kind of, like I was thinking Bubble Boy at first, but <laughs> <laughs> that's something completely different. That's... Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, if I could just have a barrier around me at all times. Is that kind of similar to Invisible Woman? Yeah. Wait, that's what I, who I meant. She was the inspiration. She create force fields yeah. and yeah. Yeah, I just watched that'd be cool. Recently, so Incredibles two on Netflix. Yeah. You heard it here first. Um, Greg, do we have any questions? Uh, no questions this week, but uh, you know, as always, you guys can hit us up at uh, misscheckpoints at gmail.com or on Twitter at uh, mcheckpoints. All right. Uh, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Um, Facebook is the same, Boombox Hero, and on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash xdrdmagnegroX. Alright, and where can people find you at, Dante? People can... Mm, I haven't been streaming that much often. Uh, but they might be able to find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. And okay. maybe I'll have something to stream in the near future. Alright, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on Twitch or Mixer. Um, probably Twitch, because um, I've been playing uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, trying to finish that up. Um, yeah. What Disney world are you at? I just recently finished um, the Rapunzel world, Corona. Okay, so you're still pretty early. Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at Mark underscore dizzle and on facebook at potato salad and look at all my trip pictures of when i was in mexico let that boy cook let that boy cook yeah chef hat yeah we chef (laughs) um and we have our next batch of games we finally got uh, knock those out so for the month of March we are playing Grim Fandango Um, that's uh, so that's gonna be it's not technically Double Fine but it's Double Fine adjacent it's a LucasArts game and uh, Grim Fandango kinda got back into the public mind because they re-released it and a remastered version, Double Fine did. They reacquired the rights because, like I said, a lot of former employees of LucasArts work for Double Fine now. So they include Tim Schafer. So that's going to be for the month of March. That's my game. Month of April is going to be Greg's month, and we are playing... Do you remember the two games, Greg? I have them written down, but you have to say the order because I don't know which one you want to play first. Um, I guess the order doesn't matter. It was Celeste and Hellblade, right? Yeah, Sinua's Sacrifice, right? Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice. Is that the... Yeah. Okay. So, two, two, uh, I think Hellblade came out two years ago, right? 2017? I feel like it, yeah, I feel that like it was... about right. And yeah. Celeste was late, or I guess late summer no. last year, right? Early January or February last oh, year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dang. I guess because everybody was talking about the end of the year, I just assumed it came at the end of last year. Okay. And then Trevor's game for May is... Killer7. Killer7, that Capcom game. game. And for the month of June, we got... 
Dante? Alright, we'll go ahead, Dante. So, I am peacing out for now. And it was a pleasure working with you guys. And who knows what, you know, the future may bring, but I wish you guys the best of luck. I will be here next week, so it's not a formal goodbye. This is just a goodbye for now type of thing. In case you're wondering, like, hey, they only revealed three months of games, and there's four of them. Well, this is the reason why. Uh, I think Dante, he he uh, has some things, you know, that he wants to do on his own. So we'll we'll let him do that. We'll try to, you know, every now and then we'll bug him about coming back. We'll see if we can, uh, you know, break him down. But that dude, he has a... Uh, he, he he's it, it takes a while to you know break Dante down. So who knows? It'll probably be you know <laughs> three four years down the line. <laughs> just begging you guys like oh, I've lost everything. I just need these checkpoints. Uh, exactly. Exactly. My family left me. My girl left me. But I still got you guys right. Exactly. Now you get it. Now you get it. No, I'm just now, I don't. I don't have family or a girl. So. Eh. Well, well, we'll try to we'll try to see. I think he said he'll still be around to do editing, and poten- potentially, but uh, also maybe some bonus podcasts. Maybe we can try to see if we can get Dante to contribute that way. So he's not going to be. I hopefully, this is me saying this. Uh, hopefully, he's not going to be entirely gone and disconnected. But you know, we'll see. It's it's up to him. No, no. It'll be fun because this will. Um... We've been having some discussions about the format of the podcast in general, and it might be better with a three-person thing. We'll see. and It gives them some leeway to try some stuff out, so I'm excited for the future. Okay, all right. Well, hopefully we'll get them back, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, do you guys got any final th- thoughts? Uh, uh, I had to laugh at final thought. That that. Wow. No, um, no, no. You know, <laughs> I I know that acronym. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> um, you guys have a good one. We're missed checkpoints, and we're out. Peace. <laughs>